Hello there, friends. This is Spencer Michaud, and welcome to your weekly astrology forecast for the week of December 30th through January 5th. Um, welcome to the astrology of 2020, a brand new decade. Uh, exciting times this week as we are transitioning from a new moon solar eclipse into the lunar eclipse that's going to be happening in about a week or so. We're kind of in this transition phase. Um, we're going to be exploring a few Mercury aspects this week with Mercury trining Uranus, um, Mercury conjoining Jupiter. Uh, of course, that new moon cycle is, is building to a first quarter moon this week. And then we're going to witness uh, Mars moving out of its home domicile of Scorpio and into the Jupiter-ruled sign of Sagittarius. Um, the other thing we'll explore this week is the sun moving from the first decan of Capricorn into the second decan, where it is a Mars-ruled face, and we'll explore some of the themes associated with that area of the zodiac. Um, yeah, and we'll, we'll dive right into it. I hope you're doing well with the eclipse energy here. Eclipses can be a little bit challenging as, as they bring new uh, karmic energy into our lives. Um, they are chapter markers in the narrative uh, of, the, of the book that we're writing as we go through our lives here. And um, sometimes they can be a little bit, uh, you know, difficult to navigate. And hopefully you're doing well with that as we are, you know, finding a new start in that Capricorn ruled area of our chart. Um, of course, that new moon eclipse was uh, conjoined with Jupiter and also with the south node of the moon. So there's a simultaneous kind of expansion, but also uh, a, a closing of another cycle as well with, with the south node involved, kind of a the South Node was a was associated with the tail of the dragon, where it was processing old, old energy, old karma, old experiences, and kind of uh, composting them for into fuel for some kind of new start. So we've got kind of this um, this push and this pull between endings and beginnings happening in the as we move into the new year here, and we're going to witness that a little bit as we move closer to the Saturn Pluto conjunction um, in the second week of January. So we'll be building to that. And uh, as I'm recording this today, Jupiter is, is going through its rebirth with a conjunction with the sun. Jupiter is having its Kazemi moment as we're recording this. So uh, we'll, we'll see how it turns out. Um, all right, let's get to the essential dignities for the week. All right, so the sun this week is moving through uh, the first decan of Capricorn and then into the second decan. So it is both peregrine in both decans. Uh, it is in the terms of Jupiter from 7 degrees to 14 degrees of Capricorn. And it's not going to move beyond those terms. So we're still in the terms of Jupiter for the first you know, week of January here. But it's going to be moving from the face or the decan uh, that is ruled by Jupiter in the first face into the Mars ruled face in the second decan of Capricorn. So there will be a shift there of kind of the... The vibe um, from a more Jupiterian vibe to a, uh, a more Mars ruled feeling. Um, we'll talk about this a little bit where we're talking about the third, uh, the third, um, the the three of Pentacles here, where we are um, experiencing the blueprint, where we are seeing kind of the the energy of making plans. Uh, this is a great uh, way to think about your New Year's resolutions, right? I think this is the time of year when we, when we start to make a list and we say, we're going to do this and we're, I'm going to resolve to 
you know, make a new start and a new beginning. And we're kind of planning out what we want to achieve in the year ahead. And this is echoed in this card of the three of pentacles where you can see three figures kind of discussing their plans for very ornate structures. And this may be about the actions that you are planning on taking uh, with Mars being the ruler of this, of this face and how you are going to build the ornate structures and or pyramids of your life as Austin Kopic would like to say in his uh, 36 faces book. Um, this is also called works or material works. So this is kind of about how you're going to build the, the structures of your life. Um, and with the sun there, this may be where some of our, our thoughts and our, um, our energy and our identity and our focus is, is channeled through uh, in this week in particular. So that is something to watch out for. Uh, remember, in the first decade of Capricorn, we were kind of trying to figure out where the best place was to put down our roots. And you could see this figure was juggling uh, competing options. And hopefully in the last week or two, you've kind of decided where you want to build uh, your year ahead and what area of your life you want to expand, what things need to be contracted. Because remember, this is kind of, uh, you know, this year I think is both about expansion and contraction as it is every year, but it's, it's, it's a theme this year because there's so much Saturnian energy going on, especially with Jupiter and a Saturn ruled sign. To truly expand, you may need to let go of some things. So that is a, a theme that we're moving forward towards in, in the year ahead. Okay, Saturn itself is going to be in the third decan of Capricorn, where it has rulership by domicile. It is in the terms of Venus from 14 degrees to 22 degrees, and it is in the face or the decan that is solar ruled, or its ruler is the sun. So while we had the deciding where to put down roots in the first decan, we were creating the plan and the blueprint and starting to build uh, our, our material structures in the second decan. In the third decan, uh, we are uh, taking responsibility for what we've built and administering uh, our our um, estate, so to speak. So, you know, with, with Saturn in the third decan of Capricorn, we're kind of, you know, taking responsibility for all of the things that we have created and making sure that everything is running smoothly and functionally. And, uh, th you know, this is associated with that solar energy because remember, uh, I've talked about in the past, um, one of the authors that I, I've learned from uh, that was a, a teacher of my teacher, um, Achuta Bhavadas and his teacher, Robert Schmidt. Um, Schmidt was talking about the different planets having certain essential natures. And one of the essential natures of the sun was to command uh, and, and to command action. So if Mars was to actually take the action, the sun was to, to give, give the orders like, like the king or like the general. So when Saturn is in a, a solar face, uh, it may appear to be you know, issuing commands. So this is, uh, you know, this is how I understand face at this point, where it is a mask that the, that the planet is putting on. So it has an appearance potentially of, of, a, of a different planet. So, uh, of course, Saturn wants to create limitations, boundaries, uh, structures. It wants to build structures up. It wants to tear structures down. It is the quality of time, of entropy. Uh, it is also, according to Schmidt, uh, the quality of exclusion, whereas the sun is inclusion. So there's a little bit of a push and a pull between uh, excluding something and including something with Saturn being in that, that solar decan. 
So there may be some uh, some balancing acts that need to, to take place with this position of Saturn. All right, Jupiter is in the first decan of Capricorn still, where it is in its fall. Um, it, that is a place where Jupiter is not super comfortable. It's in the, the um, domicile of Saturn. And those two energies are a little bit, uh, you know, uh, different than one another, with Jupiter being the quality of, of confirmation, of expansion, of abundance, and where Saturn sometimes speaks of lack, uh, it speaks, as I just said, of exclusion, of feeling like the outsider. And this, it's kind of an uncomfortable place. Like, you know, the resources that Saturn is providing for Jupiter are not necessarily what it's, it's used to when it's in its own home domiciles like Sagittarius or Pisces. Uh, and we just experienced that for the last year where Jupiter was in its own home domicile of Sagittarius and, and forward progress and expansion may have felt easy where now it is, is going to be subjected to Saturnian whims of hard work, of maybe consolidating, of patience, um, of building for the long term and, the, and building one step at a time. That's something I've talked about in our, in our week aheads here. Um, so this is something that we're going to be you know, experiencing for most of 2020 uh, as Jupiter moves through Capricorn and then ultimately moves into Aquarius where it's still in a Saturn-ruled sign. It'll gain a little bit of dignity because it won't be in its fall, uh, but it'll still be kind of playing by, by Saturn's rules or resources. Okay, so Jupiter is also going to have rulership by face or by decan in this first decan here, so it is still going to be appearing to um, expand us. So even though we may be the really the core of, of our Jupiter um, experience right now is consolidation and limitation. It may still appear to be moving us forward in life and creating abundance and things like that. I, I like to, I've been telling the story of, uh, you know, looking through my budget and finding some bloat and by getting rid of bills that, that weren't necessary anymore or services that weren't necessary that has in turn, I've been able to save some money, which can have the appearance of creating abundance or, or um, expansion. So that's, that's another way to think about this. Um, Mercury is the bound Lord of Jupiter right now from zero to seven degrees. And it will be moving, Jupiter will be moving into its own bound or its own on its own terms from seven to 14 degrees this week. So that's another interesting thing where Jupiter will gain a little bit of dignity and be able to play by its own rules, so to speak, even though it's being provided for by Saturn. Yeah, dignity is a really interesting exploration. I think that the, each of the dignities plays just a slightly different role. Uh, remember, we have you know, resources being provided by the domicile ruler. Uh, we have the rules being provided by the bound lord or the term ruler. Um, we have kind of communal support by the triplicity ruler of a sign. Um, or luck or wind in the sails. And, you know, the face ruler is sort of an appearance that the, the, the planet is going to take on. So, um, yeah, it, it, I'm curious to hear your experience of, of these planets and all the different roles that they're taking on. Um, one of the maybe things I might do for the new year is maybe exploring each of these planets in uh, a particular set of degrees and all the different dignities that they have. We could expand on that further and maybe look for examples and charts and whatnot. All right. Venus is moving through the second decan of Aquarius this week where it has rulership 
by bound. It's in its own terms from 7 to 13 degrees. And then it will move out of its own terms and into the terms of Jupiter from 13 to 20 degrees. So it, Venus has a little bit of dignity in the beginning of the week, but then it will lose its dignity uh, towards the end of the week. Mars is moving through the first decade, I'm sorry, the third decan of Scorpio, where it has domicile, triplicity rulership by the nighttime, and is moving through the terms of Saturn from 24 to 30 degrees. Uh, so Mars is pretty strong in the beginning of the week, but it will uh, be moving through those final degrees where it, is, it has a malefic bound lord. And that is, that's always the case with um, the final degrees of a sign, either Mars or Saturn are setting the rules or the terms or the curriculum for a planet at the end of a sign. And that's why sometimes we may experience some more hardships or more of a difficult time when a planet is moving through the final degrees of its sign before it changes into a new sign. Uh, in this new sign, um, Mars doesn't necessarily have any dignity. So it's, it's going to be uh, losing quite a bit of dignity. It's going to be moving into the first face of Sagittarius, which is solar ruled. It'll be on the terms of Jupiter for the first 12 degrees and in the face of Mercury. Um, and we'll talk about that a little bit uh, as we move forward. But the card associated with uh, Sagittarius 1 is the Eight of Wands, which is speaking of speed and movement towards a goal. Um, this was called the Poison Arrow in 36 Faces. Uh, and it's also uh, about choosing your target, your intended target, and taking action towards it. Um, you know, this is a Mercury-ruled face, so Mercury, of course, was one of the fastest-moving planets, zipping here and there, back and forth. So there may be some more movement happening with the martial area of your, of your life. Um, you may want to take action, um, but you may also be, the, the Sagittarian-ruled area of your chart is going to get lit up, and it may, there may be some more conflicts within that area of your chart, too. You may have a, a, a desire to, take a, to, to assert your will in the Sagittarius-ruled area of your chart, um, moving out of that Scorpio focus. And, um, or it could bring, you know, potentially it could bring some conflicts into the Sagittarius ruled area of your chart as well uh, with Mars there. Mars's essential nature was to cut and sever and create separations, but also to accelerate things. Mars was a, a hot and excessively hot and dry planet, um, according to the, the medieval, um, you know, temperate qualities of a planet. Or, um, so it's something that can speed things up. It's something that can, you know, make us feel very, uh, you know, of course, anger is one of the, the manifestations, but also um, potentially enthusiasm and, and wanting to assert ourselves. But again, its essential nature is to separate things and to sever. So keep an eye out of, for that in the Sagittarian ruled area of your chart this week. Um, you may be very focused, singularly focused on the goal that you've chosen and it may enhance your ability to take action towards that goal. Um, just be careful that you don't get too singularly focused, that you aren't able to hear um, other perspectives as well, or that you are taking so many actions towards that chosen goal that you lose sight of some of the other things in your life. That can be a, a danger with Sagittarius being, of course, the opposite of, of Gemini, which is able to balance out many things at once. Uh, sometimes we, we tend to lump everything together and, get this kind of almost like um, religious fever uh, when, we, when we have a lot of things in Sagittarius because we, we are um, 
moving towards something that we really believe in and we're trying to unify everything into a uh you know a, some sort of um coherent vision and that can be really good on one hand but it also can we can tend to overlook some details when when this happens as well so just be careful not to overlook important details and try not to get so focused on what you're trying to move towards that you're missing some of the peripheral things in your vision that may actually need some attention as well okay so that's our our movement from mars from scorpio 3 into sagittarius 1 uh jupiter the other thing with mars right now is jupiter is jupiter its host is in capricorn in its fall and it's not able to provide very well for it because number 1 jupiter is in a position that it's not super comfortable in and number 2 jupiter is in a, a condition called aversion to its host, which means it's one sign away. And I'll, I'm going to pull this up in my chart here, see if, so that you can see this. Okay. So here, as we move forward, uh, and you can see that eventually, as we move forward through the week, and I believe this happens a little bit later in the week, but Mars is going to be here in Sagittarius. Okay. And its host, Jupiter, is one sign away in Capricorn. And that is a blind spot. So both signs that are on either side of a house or either side of the opposition are in a condition called aversion because there is this aspect theory where basically the planet has vision that is extending out in these rays, okay? And it has a, a vision towards the square. It has a vision uh, towards the trine. And the vision towards the sextile, okay? But it does not have vision on either side, and apparently on either side of the opposition, okay? And that's that's called aversion. And and generally, when a planet is in aversion to its host, it's kind of like planet is hanging out at uh, somebody else's house, but the 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 host doesn't know that they're there, and it's impossible for them to give them access to like the fridge or to tell them where everything is or to give them the code to the garage door or whatever if they don't even know that they're there. So there may be some challenges with our forward moving actions because Mars is not going to be in uh, a, a relationship with its host where it can provide what it, what it needs. So, you know, just watch out for some Mars issues in the coming, coming weeks ahead as Mars moves through Sagittarius because like I said, it's not going to be in the in the best shape. It's losing some of that dignity. So I would say also that you have a couple days though. Okay. Let's see. I believe Mars doesn't move into Sagittarius until Friday of this week. So get while the getting's good. If there's actions that you need to take uh, while Mars is still in Scorpio, uh, they, they will be much more supported. Uh, your forward movement will be much more supported while Mars is in Scorpio. Uh, you'll be able to s sustain your willpower a lot easier. Uh, so just kind of get while the getting's good before maybe you lose some steam when it moves into Sagittarius. All right, good. So Mercury is now in the sign of Capricorn, and it is in its own terms from zero to seven degrees. So it has a little bit of dignity. It is is uh, able to play by its own rules um, and it's you know the terms of mercury are swift movement communication being able to do commerce 
um, being very skilled, you know, using the skills that you've learned to, to move forward in life. Um, it is the messenger, I believe. I was, I was talking to someone, I don't remember exactly who at this point, but um, they were talking about Mercury uh, is actually spends the most time closest to each planet. And, and that was kind of neat. Like it's kind of, you know, literally in the sky, kind of moving between these planets uh, or appears to and, uh, you know, bringing messages from one planet to another. So those are the types of things that are going to be actions that are going to be supported while Mercury is in its own terms. Towards the end, excuse me, towards the end of the week, uh, Mercury is going to be moving into the terms of Jupiter from 7 to 14 degrees. So the, the energy will shift a little bit. Uh, it, it will have to play by Jupiter's rules, which is about um, finding a cohesive whole instead of uh, splitting things into categories or to details or destabilizing something. Jupiter wants things to stabilize. So, you know, you know that's kind of another uh, Schmidt type of thing. All right, the moon is going to be moving through uh, Aquarius in, on Monday, where it is. Uh, it has rulership by face in the third decan. Um, it is then moving into the sign of Pisces, where it, the only dignity that I can see is the it is a cooperating triplicity ruler. Uh, and then it's Peregrine in the sign of Aries. And then towards the very, very end of the week, it will move into Taurus, where it has exaltation and triplicity rulership in the evening because the moon is the nocturnal triplicity ruler of the earth signs. And of course the moon in exaltation is where it is honored and where it is one of, in its, one of its most functional places. And this of course is going to coincide with a conjunction with Uranus. So there may be some kind of thing towards the end of the week where we're, you're really able to, uh, you may really have some success bringing into manifestation some of the uh, innovative Kind of new ideas that you've been kicking around in the Taurus ruled area of your chart. Of course, the moon is an activator, right? The moon is bringing things into being and 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 also bringing them out of being, right? With the with the waxing and waning of things. Um, this week in particular, we have a, wa a waxing moon, so things are energy is building. The moon is increasing in light, so this is a time to to really kind of build things and to put things into action um, rather than uh, reflecting or letting go. Um, so we're going to be seeing a buildup. Now, remember I said though, at the new moon solar eclipse, we are balancing out our expansive qualities with a, a greater cycle of letting go with that south node here. You can see that the sun, like on Monday here, is going to be conjoining the south node uh, exactly. And this may feel, um, as we move into our weekly forecast here, this may feel a little bit like... Uh, we may lose some steam with our ability to command or to assert authority in our life. Anytime a planet is conjoining the south node, it may be sort of like a power outage or the tide going out. There's a really good book that um, my teacher, Achuta Bhavadas, uh, um, recommends by Judith Hill, which I believe is just called The Nodes. And she has some really great um, material in there about how to think about the nodes from an eastern and from a western perspective. And she balances those things out very well. And a lot of the themes in her book talk about anytime a planet is conjoining the, the nodes, either the tide is coming in or the tide is going out. And that, that coincides with the head of the dragon where it is, you know, uh, consuming things and the tail where it's expelling things, right? So this, this time the sun's going to be conjoining the tail of the dragon 
and we may be getting rid of some things associated with the sun. Um, so if you feel a little bit of a, uh, I don't know, <laughs> a lack of ability to assert your authority in the beginning of the week, you can blame the South Node. <laughs> or, or you could just kind of reflect on, on uh, some of the things that uh, have been going on for the, for the past maybe year. So like any time that something is conjoining with the South Node, it is a good time to reflect and to come to terms with some things that you may need to let go of in your life too. So there may be some ideas that you have about who you are as a person or your identity or how you assert your authority or command or administer things in your life. And you may have to let go of some of those things as the, as the sun comes in contact with the, with the south node or K2, as they call it in Jyotisha. All right. Um, lunar aspects for the day of Monday, the 30th, we are seeing the sun is going to be, uh, I'm sorry, the moon is going to be moving into a square with Mars. Uh, the last kind of uh, contact that the moon will have with Mars and Scorpio. Uh, so this, there may be some kind of conflict going on with the uh, Mars ruled area of Scorpio in your chart and the Aquarius more group centered, more like big picture type of thinking. This could be some sort of conflict with your personal will with um, needing to fit into a, a more group consciousness uh, depending on where it lands in your chart, um, in this chart, Capricorn rising, uh, there may be a conflict between the way that you use your material material resources with the second house, the moon being in the second house and Mars being in the 11th house of groups and friendships and hopes and, and like the way that you relate to, to the group itself. So there may be some kind of conflict with that, with this particular chart. And that's, that's sort of how I read aspects I want to look at. Um, where the planet is and what what type of house it's in, uh, and how it is interacting with the other uh, the other planet in the other house, and also to get some more part of the narrative, we look at what those things are ruling. So, like in this particular chart, we've got Mars ruling both the eleventh and the fourth house, and the Moon is ruling the seventh house. So, the Moon is going to be providing resources for the seventh house of partnership through the second. And Mars is going to be providing for itself in the 11th and for the fourth house of home, family, roots, and legacy. So those themes are going to be blended within there. Uh, so this is a, one of the good exercises that you can do is start creating narratives, start making stories. Like, who are these characters? I mean, the Hellenistic authors thought of the, uh, the planets as being in a, a city or a community where they were providing witness and testimony for one another or having a communication. They played different roles within the community and within the city. And you can think of them as having conversation. In this particular case, the conversation between Mars and the moon is a challenging one. Squares are of the nature of Mars. So this might be an argument. Okay, so this may be a friction. And you know, sometimes arguments are necessary to get clarity with things. Not every communication can be, can be uh, smooth. Sometimes we have to bring up difficult topics to move forward in our life. So that's what we may be experiencing at 524 a.m. on Monday the 30th. Uh, at 1041 a.m., the moon's going to move into Pisces. And we are experiencing the crescent phase of the moon cycle. You can see that it's uh, going to be at least 45 degrees away or moving towards 45 degrees away in the eightfold cycle. 
Uh, and this is the beginning of the moon cycle where we're going to be experiencing a, uh, a desire or a need to mobilize resources. We got the new assignment. We got the new impulses, the new energetic impulses at the new moon and big, big ones at the new moon eclipse and at the Jupiter Kazemi moment. And now we're trying to really figure out how the, all the pieces fit together. And we're trying to move past the inertia that we experience from, you know, maybe being entrenched in our old patterns and think about how we are going to manifest this new cycle. So this is all about kind of how do you get yourself up off the couch or up off of the new or out of the old habit and start um, enacting the, the new habit or the new patterns? And what do you need to bring them into manifestation? So that's kind of the crescent, a crescent phase kind of exploration. Uh, the moon is going to be making a sextile from Pisces to uh, Mercury at two degrees of Capricorn there. You can see that Mercury and the moon are going to be making this nice sextile once the moon moves into Pisces. So the rest of our day here on Monday should be somewhat somewhat smooth sailing after that first square very early in the morning. Uh, the moon is also going to be sextiling retrograde Uranus and Taurus at 4.04 p.m. and then Jupiter at six degrees. Uh, so this is kind of a succession of like positive communications between the moon, Mercury, Uranus, and Jupiter. Now, the big non-lunar aspect of the day is Mercury making a trine to Uranus. So remember, we had a few different planets making this particular trine. First, we had Jupiter making the trine with Uranus. Then we had the sun taking its turn last week. And now Mercury takes its turn. Uh, so this is a positive communication. Trines are of the nature of Jupiter. So there's usually some kind of supportive uh, thing that, that manifests from trines. There is uh, some kind of abundance that may be coming into play uh, and uh, maybe an easy, free-flowing communication. Trines are, are generally between um, planets that are in the same element. So there's an Earth, uh, an Earth element that is accentuated with this trine. Um, so the planets are kind of speaking the same language, so to speak, uh, you know, of, be, of practical, maybe perhaps um, bringing things into material form. So there's a, a positive material conversation that's happening between Mercury and Uranus. And this can lead to some very original thinking, um, it's some inventiveness. It could be a light bulb or an aha moment that you have where you get some really great ideas about um, what you need to do to manifest this new Capricorn start that you've been working through from the, the new moon and solar eclipse period. Um, flashes of insight. You may have thoughts about, um, you may have a little bit restlessness in your thoughts where you want some liberation from something that may have been holding you back. There's also a little bit of trickster energy associated with, cause, cause with this because Mercury is the is the um, archetypal trickster in astrology. So there may be something where you may have a moment where you, you laugh at how Mercury may be um, playing a practical joke on you on some, on some level. Uh, you may also be receiving some communications that are out of the ordinary or unexpected. There may be some shocking communication that either comes from you or to you. Uh, another thing associated with this could be freedom of speech, or we're obsessed with speaking our mind and saying, this is my truth. And and I don't want to be restricted in any way. Like Uranus is a planet that doesn't really respect boundaries or restrictions. And there may be something where you really feel the need to communicate something without any type of limitation or restriction. Now, that's a really interesting uh, counterbalance to Mercury, which is moving through 
the domicile of Capricorn, which is Saturnian and, you know, basically ruled by limitations and, and restrictions. So there may be some sort of, um, you know, balance that needs to come with that. Uh, the, the two tarot cards that were associated with these two decans were the two of pentacles, where Mercury is hanging out in the first decan of Capricorn, and uh, the five of pentacles, which is where Uranus has been hanging out. Uh, let's see if I can show you that. Five of pentacles shows a two figures that are uh, outside of a church of some sort, some sort of sacred place. And they are, they've fallen on tough times. They're either injured or destitute. And they're either going to sanctuary or running away from it or not realizing that that sanctuary is available. Um, there's some ambiguity about that. Uh, so there may be some some conversations happening where you're trying to figure out the best way to allocate whatever resources that you have and find maybe uh, an oasis in the, I don't know, from from the challenges that you're experiencing materially. Now, you know, a lot of people are going through some really radical shifts in the way that they use their resources. This is part of the themes of Uranus, excuse me, and Taurus is how do we use the things that support our foundation? How do we use our resources in the most effective way possible? And Uranus is breaking down some of those old structures and instructing us in the new and innovative ways that hopefully will move us forward in our life. And it, you know, we can even release the 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 perspective of of that we're moving forward towards something. It could be it's just we're we're just seeing the cyclical nature of time breaking down the old structures and getting us ready for a new one. Um, I talked a little bit last week about Taoism and, and thinking about things in that, in that way. And that's something that, that's a, a spiritual philosophy that really resonates with me that I've spent some time with. I'm not an expert by any means, but I've spent some time with the I Ching and studying Taoist philosophy, the Tao Te Ching. And, you know, my takeaways from that is, you know, we're just constantly in these ever-changing cycles, uh, natural cycles. And astrology can really speak to that. You know, it's not necessarily, you know, I hate to use this word because it's, it's loaded with astrology, but it's not necessarily about what are we evolving to or away from. It's just this change. And I think change is the truth. You know, change is, is the thing that you can count on, even when there are things that um, feel like they aren't stable or aren't predictable. The one thing you can count on is the plants are going to keep on spinning, uh, I guess, until our star you know, <laughs> stops, stops producing energy or, or light. But that's a, a ways away, I hope. Um, but even then, you know, universes and galaxies and, uh, you know, solar systems are in a process of birth and death and change too. So, yeah, I guess on that term, we're thinking all Neil deGrasse Tyson on this. Uh, everything's in flux, even even the the heavens. <laughs> so interesting. Um, okay, so this may be uh, like I said, this is one of the big aspects of the week. This Mercury trine Uranus, um, and hopefully you can find ways to to use that energy productively or to just observe it in a way that brings you some insight. Okay, on Tuesday. Tuesday. Tuesday, 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 New Year's Eve, uh, moon's still moving through the crescent phase, 
Okay, you can see that it's it's got that 45 degrees of separation moving towards the first quarter. Okay, first quarter happens on Thursday, so we're still waxing towards the crisis point. Um, that's the first quarter is the square. So there's some sort of challenge that happens at the square. Um, the two aspects that we have of this uh, particular day are a sextile between the two lights, the moon and the sun, okay, at about nine degrees of Pisces and Capricorn, where there is a harmonious conversation between the body and the spirit, the body represented by the moon and the spirit represented by the sun. So the, um, the many of the moon coming into a harmonious conversation with the one, the sun. Uh, the other aspect of the day is we're going to see the moon conjoining Neptune at 7.16 p.m. So this is kind of coloring our New Year's Eve where there is this conjunction of the, the, what is bringing things into being with uh, the planet that is trying to transcend all of that and bring this, this kind of unified field or, or potentially also intoxication. So be careful with that. Um, I know that it's a big drinking holiday, so just be very careful that you don't overdo it with the moon making contact with Neptune. Um, because you know it may it may be very easy to be uh, have an illusion about what your limits are. Um, you know, Neptune, of course, is a planet that possibly could be associated with the feeling of limitless or transcending limits. Um, so my my friendly uh, <laughs> maternal advice is pace yourself and uh, make sure that you're safe if you are participating in things like that. Um, I personally. Um, don't drink, so that's not going to be really a concern for me. I'm probably going to fall asleep before the ball drops on that day. <laughs> like, so, um, but if you are uh, reveling and having a, a party of some sort, um, just make sure you have all your, your ducks in a row beforehand, your designated drivers, your, your ability to you know, have a good support system around you that will look out for you if that's something that you want to do, and then just take it easy. I mean, Sometimes, you know, these holidays are more about reflecting as well instead of having to, you know, uh, conform to everyone else's expectations. If you feel like you want to just have a more quiet um, little thing with a few friends uh, and not go out and get crazy, that, I, that's okay too. You know, you don't need permission from me, but that sounds like something that appeals to my Cancerian nature. <laughs> like, I've never been like super into like giant loud um places and that's that's just me though that's just my my preference so i'm i know that there, there's a lot of joy that that happens in some of those environments for a lot of people so um don't let me dissuade you <laughs> just be careful <laughs> okay so that is our new year's eve on wednesday the first the first day of 2020 the new decade uh we are still going to be experiencing a moon in pisces um the moon is going to be uh going to be sextiling Saturn. So this is the reality check, right? You, uh, at 5.38 a.m., you may realize that, hey, uh, it's last call. I need to go home. I feel like crap. I need to go to bed. That's where the moon is starting to hit the limit. Uh, you know, anytime there's a, a, a lunar contact with Saturn, we come either face-to-face -face with a, a positive limitation or boundary or something that's more challenging. With a sextile, it may be this, it's just time to time to wrap it up and go to sleep and and sleep off your hangover or something like that. Uh, the moon will be sextiling Pluto at 7.38 a.m. I'm going to predict that that's when everybody's going to be throwing up because <laughs> it's the, Pluto is the purge, right? Um, 
things are going to be erupting from the underworld. Uh, so there you go. I, I feel pretty confident that there will be some vomiting happening around 7.38 a.m. Eastern time, or that you may just be feeling uh, <laughs> maybe some regret. Uh, but anyway, it's going to be bringing things up from the underworld. Uh, but it is a harmonious sextile, so who knows? Uh, this is also activating uh, the area of the zodiac where we have the Saturn-Pluto conjunction that's happening uh, a week or so later. Um, so there may be some themes that come up in your life with that. Uh, the last aspect of our New Year's Day is the moon is going to be trining uh, Mars and Scorpio at 29 degrees. So this is an, uh, another... I actually, I said that the Monday was the last lunar aspect, the square, but I was wrong about that. This is actually the last lunar aspect where 29 degrees of Pisces is going to be activating the, a positive communication with 29 degrees Scorpio. So potentially there is some kind of uh, watery, intuitive, emotional um, sort of thing that happens uh, towards the end of Wednesday where you may be getting in touch with your feelings or your ability to take action in your life. And there's one last little positive boost before uh, Mars loses dignity and moves into the sign of Sagittarius. So get while the getting's good. And if you were, um, if you were, uh, if you abstained or if you were practiced moderation the night before, you may be in position to take advantage of that in the evening hours of Wednesday first. So there's maybe some some motivation to take it easy on New Year's Eve, as you've got an opportunity to take some really nice positive actions in the evening of New Year's Day. Okay, moving on to Thursday. Changing my notes over here. All right, on Thursday, January 2nd, the moon will be moving Come on. into the sign of Aries. And uh, we are going to be moving from the crescent phase, which is associated with uh, a sextile energy, okay? And moving towards the first quarter, which is associated with a square. So this is a little bit different vibe. You can see now the moon's moved into Aries on January 2nd. Um, and that is, uh, this day may be challenging. Um, this is this is a day with many squares. Uh, this is we're going to see the moon making a square to Jupiter, uh, a square to Mercury, uh, and then a square to the Sun. So, and not necessarily in that order. Um, I believe. Well, maybe so. Let me look. Let me look here. Make sure Mercury moves kind of fast. So let's go through our day and see what our what the order of our day may look like. Okay, so here is the moon at about six degrees, seven degrees. Okay, there we go. So first, the moon is going to square Jupiter, and then it's going to square Mercury, and then the sun. Now, the other aspect of this day is that Mercury is going to be conjoining Jupiter at 11.33 a.m. That's actually the first aspect of the day. And it is going to be simultaneously happening with this square to the moon. So generally, Mercury-Jupiter conjunctions or Mercury-Jupiter aspects in general can coincide with uh, a combination of potentially 
exaggerated speech or communication, we may tend to promise more than we can deliver. That's one thing to look out for with that. We may be feeling very optimistic. We may be communicating our optimism or our plan to folks. Um, that can also lead to over-optimism or arrogance, especially with Jupiter being in its fall. So Jupiter is not in the greatest shape. Uh, it could lead to a little bit of hubris where we get a little bit um, too overconfident and we get knocked down a peg. And that, that knocking down a peg may happen with the moon in, in Aries. Um, we are discussing some of the details within a larger plan when we have Mercury and Jupiter combining forces. Uh, we may be a little bit grandiose in our thinking. We could get a little self-righteous with things. So those are, those are the things we're balancing out. Um, the two cards that are associated with this kind of aspect, we, of course, are looking at the Mercury-Jupiter conjunction happening in the first decan of Capricorn, where we're still weighing the possibility of where to put down roots. Um, and I want you to take a look at the Gemini and Virgo areas of your life in this particular chart, which is a Taurus chart, Taurus ascendant. We have Mercury providing for the fifth house of Virgo and for the second house of Gemini. And Jupiter is going to be providing for the eighth house of Sagittarius and the eleventh house of Pisces. So there, in this particular Taurus ruled chart, uh, we are going to see the themes of how you support yourself, how you share resources with other people, your personal ways that you take pleasure in your own children, and with the group consciousness, all becoming a blended theme here, where these things are going to be related. These are going to be parts of the narrative. Uh, and it's going to be filtered through this ninth house of Capricorn, okay? So there may be something where someone is taking a trip or a journey or starting a new uh, educational endeavor, the ninth house being associated with gurus. Um, it is the joy of the sun, um, you know, where we're getting in touch with divinity and meaning and purpose and the meaning behind the action that we take in the 10th house, right? It's connected with the 10th house by angular triad. So something that happens through the ninth house in this chart is going to have themes that are expanding out in this like web-like fashion, okay? And this is how you read a natal chart is you kind of see how all these themes are starting to fit together, okay? And this could be very different for every, every person depending on the aspects, aspects it's making in your own chart. But what I failed to say so far is that there will be some sort of square this ninth house of beliefs with the 12th house of secret enemies or self undoing or self doubt. Maybe there is, uh, maybe you're trying to learn something new, Taurus rising, and you secretly doubt that you're capable of doing it. This is the house of the bad spirit or the kind of the, almost like the voices that are leading us off of our PowerPoint of the first house. Remember, this is a cadent house that was connected with the angular triad associated with the first house, which is our, our sense of self, our sense of, you know, of our body, of our personality and who we are as a person. And this is what's kind of undermining that. So, you know, th there is going to be some kind of uh, challenge. And the, the, the good thing is, is that lunar aspects are, they move quickly. So this may be a passing challenge, 
but it may be something that's uh, important because this is happening during this this uh, Mercury-Jupiter conjunction. So take into account whatever friction that you're feeling on Thursday the 2nd and try to come into, into balance or harmony with that. This is also the aspect of the first quarter moon because as we move towards the end of the day, 11.43 p.m., at 12 degrees, okay, when the moon hits about 12 degrees here, it'll square the sun. And this was a crisis point. This was a point where whatever we're trying to bring into manifestation from the new moon, and in this case, the new moon solar eclipse hits, hits a, a bumpy patch where we're having to really um, solve a material problem. Um, at the last quarter moon, we may be solving some sort of existential crisis where we have some doubts about what we really believe in. But at the first quarter moon, generally, it's, it's, a, it's a challenge of bringing things into manifestation. It's like you've really tried to, to mobilize the resources, but maybe you hit a snag. And you have to really have a heroic type of energy to move past that conflict or that snag. You know, everybody has started a project where they hit um, a point where it's, it's difficult. And sometimes we have to be brave or courageous to move forward into that. Like say you, you hit a, you, you start a new workout routine and you've gone to the gym and you've, you've bought the membership at the new moon, you've mobilized the resources, you know, you've bought all the things that you need to like the workout gear. Uh, and you started working out at that crescent phase and then you wake up three days later, two days later, and you're sore, <laughs> your muscles are just in pain and you can barely walk and you have to learn how to you know, recover maybe with a foam roller or with like a salt bath or something like that. That may be the crisis point where you're like, oh my God, can I keep doing this? But if you push past that, you'll, you'll get forward into the, the phase where you're feeling a lot better. So that may be uh, a way that we're, we could experience something like that, where it's kind of the, you know, the soreness that comes with taking a new action. Okay. All right. Let's look at uh, Friday. Before I move on, the the second decan of, uh, or the I'm sorry, the first decan of Aries um, was called the Axe in 36 faces, and it, it's it's sort of about severing from. Uh, it's it's about bringing things into duality, the awareness of duality, and severing from the mother, and like saying like so like say you are in the womb, and in that first Aries decan, you are having an awareness that you are separate. Okay, so this, of course, is the domicile of Mars and that severing, separating quality. So there may be a crisis that happens with the things that you're trying to build up and your sense of individuality and realizing that you're actually separate from other people and you're separate from, uh, you, you need to individuate and, and maybe be a little bit independent. Not everybody is going to agree with what you want to build or how you want to manifest in your life. And sometimes you have to find a way to kind of push forward through that and, and accept your own individuality. And that may be one of the themes that we experience with this, this square as the moon moves through Aries. Um, yeah, th this is a, something that mystics talk about too, is uh, unity and duality, right? The unified whole and the, the duality of form, um, the duality of opposites. Uh, and this is kind of a uh, a lunar solar type of thing too with the, the sun being associated with the unified divine one and the moon being of the the nature of the many and the moon is what is bringing into into form this duality through through aries so that's kind of an interesting exploration with with that particular square 
Um, the moon is also going to be squaring the, the south node too. So it's, it's going, it's squaring like a whole lineup of planets. We've got a lot of Capricorn stuff going on. Okay. And like, this is a real focal point, this Capricorn area of all of our charts right now. And, you know, this is going to, going to be the point where it's being tested and that's okay. Sometimes things run smoothly and other times we have to dig deep and, um, find some internal resources and connect to our spirit to get to get through things all right friday the third let's move forward on friday the third here we have mars moving into that first decan of sagittarius okay uh, moon's still in the first quarter phase uh it is still waxing towards the full moon um, and in Aries, but it, now it is Mars is going to be Mars. The Moon's host is moving into a new sign, right? So there may be a shift from Thursday to Friday. Uh, there may be a uh, a little bit of a different vibe as we move from an, an aversion from the Moon and its host to uh, a trying. Okay, so maybe you you have overcome the <laughs> the challenge, so to speak, around that time, and you're ready to move towards your chosen goal. Uh, we talked at the beginning of the video about the eight of wands and swiftness and speed. Uh, I think it's, you know, important that you seize opportunities with this Mars, um, but be careful that, because you may not be completely aware of where you're going. I, I think that the first decade of Sagittarius, from my understanding, it's about choosing a goal. And if you, if it's like an arrow, and if you, if you have the arrow, um, if you know where you're going, it's much easier for you to take the right actions to hit the intended target. If you don't know where you're going and you don't have a chosen goal, um, from what I've understood in the way that Austin Kopic describes it, you become prey to the goals and the intentions of others. And that can feel like a burden. Um, and this may be a moment where we, we don't exactly know where we're going because Jupiter isn't really providing guidance as well as it could be because it's in its fall and it's in aversion. So that is a real danger is getting sucked into the goals of others with this Mars. So I would be very careful about that and really start to think about what do you really want and what is your, um, what is your goal? Um, because it, it could be easy to get kind of co-opted by someone who has more um, awareness of that and is enthusiastic about it, right? Okay, um, lunar aspects for Friday the 3rd. The moon is going to be sextiling Venus in the second decan of Aquarius from the second decan of Aries at 10.37 a.m. And then it's going to be making uh, a couple squares again to the, to the other Capricorn planets, uh, Saturn and Pluto. And again, this is very close to that Saturn-Pluto conjunction. So some of the themes of the Saturn-Pluto conjunction could be ignited by this lunar square from Aries. And like I said, I think this is going to have to do with some themes of what you want personally versus what fits into the greater scheme of your life. Uh, so I would say that this is a very good week to get in touch with your individuality and see how that is going to fit in with the larger structures that you share with other people um, and compromise I guess would be the key uh, figure out how you can compromise on the um, maybe the 
the big things or the little things. I don't know. Like sometimes you have to differentiate between what is worth fighting over and what is worth compromising, what is worth standing your ground over. I think that's going to be part of the theme of our week is, is trying to differentiate between what is really important and what we can actually just back off of and, and kind of give a little bit. Okay. So get in touch with your core essence and what you, what you are willing to fight for and what is not worth fighting for, because sometimes that's just wasted energy. All right, Saturday the 4th. Saturday the 4th, the moon uh, moves into Taurus at 11.15 a.m. And the only aspect of that day is a conjunction of the moon with Uranus. So this may be a trigger point where we're really seeing something, some nice action happening with with that uh, new start or that, that new way of being in the Taurus-ruled area of our chart. Uh, the moon is, of course, going to be exalted and is going to be trining all this Capricorn stuff. So after the difficulty of potentially Wednesday through Friday with the moon moving through Aries, we may be feeling a little bit more um, in sync with, our, with the changes that have been asked of us at the new moon solar eclipse. And our weekend may feel quite a bit different than the end of the, the work week. Um, the other aspect of that day in particular was Mercury was making a conjunction with the south node also earlier in the day on, I believe, maybe this was, oh no, that was Friday. Sorry, on Friday, Mercury made a conjunction with the south node. So there may be a, another power outage that's happening in the, uh, you know, Gemini and Virgo area of your chart through that Capricorn domicile that is feeling like we may feel like maybe it can be a little bit more difficult to communicate. We may be communicating uh, about things in the past. We may be processing some old letters or some old emails. We may be letting go of uh, maybe uh, an old way of communicating that isn't serving us anymore. And that may be triggered by that moon as well. But moving forward into Saturday, the only lunar aspect of that day is a conjunction with Uranus. Uh, and then as we move into Sunday the 5th, here we go, Sunday the 5th, now the moon is going to trine everything that was squared a few days before. So now the communication between the moon and these planets is much more harmonious and positive. So if you have something that you want to bring into being, work out the kinks at the end of the week and then bring it into form, into being over the weekend. I think that is a, a good plan for what we're doing here. Now, remember, this period of time from, from the, like Christmas until January, excuse me, 12th or so, is uh, what Austin Coppett calls the Bardot period or the in-between phase that is uh, more about, uh, it's a liminal space where you are, we're in transition and we are getting clues as to what the next six months and what the next years ahead are going to be like in this, these particular areas of our chart, the Capricorn and Cancerian axis. So just, just be aware of what is, is wanting to manifest in those areas of your life right now. Um, and be comfortable sometimes with not knowing all the answers. I think that's the other thing, is there's a, an element of the unknown because uh, I'd like to compare this to the phase of the life cycle of a butterfly where you, you're in the cocoon, you, your body's liquefied, and you're still forming into a new, a new form. 
And that's a very, a very vulnerable time for the butterfly and for us uh, metaphorically as people in our cycle. So, um, you know, ease into the changes is what I would say. Okay, looking ahead to next week, the sun is going to be making a sextile to Neptune on the 7th. Mercury is going to take its turn sextiling Neptune on the 8th. We're going to experience our a brand new um, Mercury cycle as Mercury comes into conjunction with the sun. Uh, I believe it is the, sub the superior conjunction. So um, depending on which author you, you subscribe to, uh, this is either the very beginning of a new Mercury cycle or kind of a full moon type of experience of the Mercury cycle. Um, from what I understand of Demetra George's way of thinking about it, this is sort of a, a full moon type of Mercury, um, because she likes to begin the Mercury, Mercury solar cycle at the inferior conjunction when it is coming uh, retrograde. Okay, so this may be the fruition of what happened at the last Mercury Kazemi moment, um, and I don't know the exact dates of that, but look back a few months and you'll see when Mercury was conjoined the Sun and uh, see what was going on then and you can kind of think about that but we'll talk about that next week we'll we'll be more specific next week that's on the 10th oh boy and then uranus is going to be stationing direct on the 11th so there should be some movement in the taurus area of your chart uh, and then we have mercury conjoining both saturn and pluto as they conjoin each other the big saturn pluto conjunction we've been talking about forever so there's some big watershed moments coming up in the weeks ahead um and also i didn't even write this down but there is a lunar eclipse happening also <laughs> full moon lunar eclipse so this this week just catch your breath build what needs to be built and get ready for the flowering um in the second week of january because there's probably going to be some pretty pretty um pretty important revealings that happen around that time um, so I hope that you all are doing well. I hope that this was helpful for you today. Uh, again, if you like these videos, make sure that you hit the subscribe button and share it with your friends. If you want to support future, future weekly forecasts, there is a Venmo link there or a um, PayPal me account if you want to leave a donation. There is a Patreon account that is going to be um, coming in the weeks or months ahead when I figure out what the best offerings are. And if you have suggestions, I've had a lot of great suggestions on things that you would um, enjoy as part of a subscription service or as bonuses. Um, please leave them in the comments below. We've got a Q&A type of thing that's been suggested. We have monthly horoscopes. Um, those are all really great ideas. So if there's other things that you'd like to see, thinking about maybe doing some uh, tutoring as part of that, if you want to learn more about astrology in a one-on-one -on -one session, that could be part of it as well. Um, so yeah, that's what I've got for today. I hope that you all are doing well and I will see you the next time. Take care, everyone.